breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Shreveport City Councilman Alan Jackson joining us. Alan, good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We're good. We're doing well. Uh, the mayor's trying to set aside, make a budget move to put about twelve million dollars into street repairs. Uh, sent out a list of the repairs, the streets that are to be repaired, but you guys have delayed it. Can you explain why? We delayed it because um, when we got the list, the list was not a part of the ordinance. So if you pull up the ordinance from our minutes, you don't see um, the list of streets that's going to be repaired. There was some, uh, a couple of uh, streets on there that we believe should be paid by some different funding sources. So we wanted to get some clarification on that first uh, before allocating new money towards streets that should have already been um pay for through a, through a different funding source. So can we you, just wanted to make uh, Can you give us an example of, uh, of some streets that are on the list that sh- have other money in them for them? Um, so I can give you one example. Uh, one of the, the new, one, one street on that, that on that list is, is not even the street that's being repaired. Um, it is a brand new street. Um, and when that contract was, was written, and, and again, we wanted to make sure we're doing our, our due diligence. We believe when that contract was written, that street was, that new street was budgeted in for that new particular contract. You know, so there has been some concerns, you know, why we're spending so much money on a new street, um, when we have a lot of existing streets that need to be repaired. And to me, that is an extra concern. So, um, council wanted to make sure that we're doing our due diligence and we're not, spending money on a brand new street before uh, fixing existing streets. And that brand new street would be where? Um, it's actually in um, Councilman Bowman's district. Um, and, and and I don't have it in front of me. Uh, uh, forgive me. Uh, okay. Uh, but I, I have to get back to you on that. Do you anticipate the list that the, the mayor's office sent out to you guys and to us will change much other than you might move move some around to other funding sources. Are there other streets you want added to the list, I guess, is the best way I could say it? Yes. Yeah, so, the, of course, there, there are a lot of more streets that we can be added to the list. I do want to say for the record um, that these streets were approved back in um, 2020. So this is not a new list of streets. We get calls all the time about adding streets. So this is a lengthy, lengthy process. So when those streets were approved back in 2020, then they have to go to a design phase. So it's a lengthy process before they actually even begin working on the street. In between that time, of course, concrete has gone up. And so what has happened is those streets that the previous council had, had already approved now no longer uh, has the funding in order to fix those streets because of cost materials have gone up. And so what uh, the administration had did, was allocate additional money um, that needs to be approved by council to make sure that we can get those initial streets fixed. What council's concern is uh, we want to make sure that no other streets were added to this list, no streets were taken off um, in, in, the, in the interim to make sure that the, the proper funding is going towards the streets that were already approved and no additional new streets have been added. What ha- what other action did you take with regard to the mayor's proposing, uh, I believe, 500000 for litter, 
500000 for street light maintenance and 500000 for demolition. Did you all act on those three budget amendments as well? So all of that was under one ordinance. Okay. Um, uh, and that ordinance was postponed. Uh, and that ordinance was postponed, again, because it included the money with the streets, um, as well as moving money from different departments um, to go back for the, the general funding. And so we just postponed the entire ordinance in order to be, so we can look at the street issues to make sure that it's done um, correctly and properly. I, I trust you, so I'm going to ask you the question that everybody in town is thinking, um, yes. and I hope you don't mind. This looks <laughs> this looks like a, this looks like a power struggle between the council and the mayor. Um, what do ye say to that? It's definitely not a power power struggle because. Uh, we both want the same thing. Um, we're, we're excited that money has been allocated towards the streets because we all know we, we need funding for streets. We all drive on the same street, so this is definitely not a power struggle. Um, we're, we're excited that we're going to get some streets fixed. You know, however, once that list is published, you know, we have a lot of people saying, why this street? Why not my street? You know, so council has to be prepared to answer that question. Um, and, and, and I'm curious to know what the audience thinks. You know, if, if, if you find out that there's a, you know, a brand new street, you know, um, being um, being funded um, versus an existing street um, that's raggedy. You know, I, I'm curious to know how the audience feel about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, council feels like we want to make sure that our existing streets are fixed first. And we're definitely going to want to spend money on a new street, especially if we feel like that new street um, was budgeted from a different um, funding source. So yes. we just want to do our diligence. But this is not a power struggle. Um, this is council taking their time to making sure that the money is being appropriate correctly and that the citizens get the biggest bang for their buck. Is the list laid out in a priority fashion? Uh, certain streets are in worse conditions, so they're at the top of the list, or uh, is it so, just... So, so, so great question. Um, so the uh, our engineer has a process of what's called a street rating, and so they... They put forth to council um, the worst streets. So, again, this was done back in um, 2019-2020. So this, is, this big list came out from the engineer's department saying, hey, these are the worst streets in Shreveport. Based on that, um, a dollar amount was tied to those streets, um, given the estimate amount of repairs. And then council had to vote on which streets will actually get fixed based on the worst of the worst, but also based on the, the the money source that was available at that particular time. So from 2019-2020, once those streets were approved in 2020, now we go into, uh, because you have to spend money on uh, getting the design, the plans, and the administration doesn't want to spend money until council says, okay, these are the streets that we're going to address. So now we're in the design phase, different things, and, and some streets are actually have been working on, but between that time, you know, inflation happened, material has gone up, and so the money that was approved to fix the streets that were approved is no longer enough. Let me ask so, you something. In, in previous years, I've been doing this a minute, um, it's mm-hmm. always been, you know, we divide up the money kind of evenly among council districts. I always thought that was kind of ludicrous because some districts <laughs> may have more problems. Are y'all looking at this like, I want my share in my district? How, how are you guys addressing that that problem? So, so honestly, that is still an ongoing conversation, and you're correct. 
Um, certain council people feel like it, it should be divided equally. You know, um, uh, my district is just as important as your district. However, others do look at it the same way you're looking at it now and saying, hey, some districts are larger in the sense that um, uh, it's more spread out. And we're not talking about a numerical number of people, but just um, square footage. Some districts are, are, are larger. And some districts uh, have been waiting longer. Some districts have newer streets uh, mm-hmm. than other districts. So we're on, we're using that rating sheet and seeing which streets are the worst off, which streets are the most traveled. Um, I, I personally am not looking at it per district. Um, I, I believe this is one street court, and, and I'm okay with another district um, getting a little more funding um, um, based on that mindset. Um They've been waiting longer. Um, they have uh, worse streets um, than my district. Um, so we are working together to make sure that happens. But at the end of the day, we do want to make sure that it is done equitably and, and fairly, but keeping the entire. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Kiel Mike and McCarty. I oh, know seven ten Kiel. When I grow up, I want to sound like Pete Moss. Do you talk to your wife like that every now and then? When you want to sound sexy, do you go, "Hey, baby"? No, because she looks at me like, "What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> You're not impressing me." <laughs> she doesn't want commercial voice, man. No. 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 <laughs> No, she. <laughs> so do you talk like this to the wife? No, hey Dana. Don't talk like that. Well, babies, maybe or oh, dogs. Okay, yeah, I can't pass a dog, Aaron, without stopping. I just oh, can't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> puppies and puppies. Oh, I'm, or just dogs. Oh, I'm, you you say oh, your pup? Yeah, any puppy. Oh, I know. If you see a pup, I'm like, I've got to hold them, and they have to lick me. I know people think I'm get away from me, but if you got a dog with you, and like you say, if you're holding a puppy, oh, I'm coming up to you. I'm coming. Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> you're my best buddy. Yes. I want I want to smell the puppy breath. I just it's just yes. it's addictive. Lick my nose. Yes. <laughs> I and you I know agree. I've never had a puppy that was a rude puppy. I've never gone up to a puppy oh, that was no. like, don't touch me. No, no. Every puppy wants to love. I just, it's just incredible. I got home yesterday and, you know, I, I dread the, the, the day when I have an empty nest syndrome again because now I have my, my grand puppy with me. And when I get home, it's like every problem in the world for him is solved. Oh, yeah. oh I know. You know? I know. His mommy is here or his grandmommy is here and he's like, oh. I just love you. I just love you. He bounces and he yeah. oh. It's just a good feeling when somebody... Unconditional love is such a great feeling. <laughs> you think? Such a great feeling. Yeah. And it's mutual. You know, he knows it's mutual. Oh, I love I love him and do anything. We, we, had, a, we had a dog named Hershey and mm-hmm. had her for, I mean, for years. She's white, she, she, you know, white face right mm-hmm. at the end. And uh, we, we buried her in the backyard and I had a stone made. Oh, yeah. And on the stone, it was much loved, loved much. Oh, yeah. Because oh, that yeah. described her. Yes. She couldn't love you enough. I know. I know. And when I and I, when I sit on the sofa, oh, he's going to be by me. Hurt. He's not going to stay on the other end of the sofa. He's going to be by me. His head's going to be on my lap if he can, or a paw's going to be on my belly. You know, and I... I, if you don't have a pet, I, I'm I'm sad for you because I had a pet as a child that we had for many many years. 
that was like a member of the family. Absolutely. Seriously, oh my gosh. Was Aaron. absolutely Abs- went yes. everywhere with us. Um, and and in those days, you know, I, I know it's not good, but could run the could run the neighborhood, and would always right. come home. Yes. And I remember getting that dog at the Winn Dixie around the corner from my house. A man is sitting outside the Winn Dixie. I'm about ten or ten or eleven years old, and we were allowed to ride our bikes up to the store by ourselves. Sure. We could do that. Oh yeah. A man's outside holding a box of puppies, and he said, "This sounds weird." Hey, little girl. I've got puppies. <laughs> yeah, now you would Couldn't like be that. like, oh God, <laughs> pedophile alert, pedophile alert. So I go over. But but how does that yes. illustrate the different times? Time change exactly. The the times have changed. So I go Your over to see the girl, puppies. I have puppies. I have puppies. Exactly what he said. And I go over to the box and I look in, and I see like four or five puppies. And um, he goes, "Would you like one?" And I said. Sure. Get in my yes. van and I'll Can take I have, you to a No, home. he didn't. It was it was all. He said, well, pick the one you like. He said, do you want a boy or girl? I said, I want a girl. So he said, here's the two girls or whatever. So I picked up a girl. This is a funny story. I'm glad you brought it up. And I bring this puppy home. We hadn't had a puppy all my childhood now. I'm about 10. Okay? Oh, wow. This is your and first dog. My, for me. Now, they had before me, but th- we may have had one till I was like four, but I don't remember. And I bring this puppy home. My mother. <laughs> First time I'd ever really seen her mad. Really mad. She looked at me and she goes, get in the car. Bring that puppy with you. So I get in the car. She rolls back to that Winn-Dixie, which was like five blocks away. She goes, show me the man that gave you this puppy. Well, he's gone. <laughs> he's, gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. He says, okay, boom. See ya. <laughs> One's gone. I'm out of here before mama gets here. <laughs> and my mama, we were taking it back. Well, yeah. That dog lived for 15 plus years. Oh. Became what my kind ma- was it now? Mutt. Complete okay, just mutt. A mutt. Just a complete mutt. And what mutt. was its name? Pracy, which was French for precious. Pracy. Pracy. P-R-E-C-I-E. I like I've never heard that before. That was me and my daddy. And um, my mother was livid for about six weeks and then fell in love. My father, <laughs> yep. you think I was spoiled. That dog, my father would look at, I told you how gregarious my father was. My father would look at that dog and he would go, Pracy, what's on top of the roof? And she would go, roof. And <laughs> Good girl. And give her a treat. He would do tricks. with. He was, uh, the, the relationship the two of them had was incredible. But yeah, we got my mutt from a pedophile, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> No, because if he was, you wouldn't have gotten home with the dog. Yeah, you got a point. You got a point. So hey, he was just girl. a nice guy trying to get rid of his I puppies. I have puppies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do that today. No. Don't do that today. The law's coming. Hey, little girl, I yeah. have puppies. <laughs> oh, gosh. True story. Oh. Yeah, my mom sent me to wine gardens, you know, many a time. Uh-huh. But, mm, you know, oh yeah, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, as, as a kid, we used to go get my dad's cigarettes for crying out loud. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> okay, you're twelve. Yep, they're for your daddy. Yep. Okay. Oh gosh, <laughs> lots to talk about this morning. Um, Texas has enacted daylight saving time. Well, they haven't enacted it. Let me take that. Let me retract that. Mm-hmm. They've started the process. Okay. Of passing a law to uh, stay on daylight saving time. All right gives me hope that's Mm. my lifelong quest yes to eliminate 
changing the clocks. Right. I love what Marco Rubio said. Let's lock the clock. We'll talk about that coming up and other things. Mikey McCarty. 101.7 FM. seven FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. We got some exciting news to announce. In fact, coming up next, right after the break, Justin Dixon, he's president and CEO of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership, going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. That's next. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty with uh, some exciting news, especially West Shreveport. Um, Justin Dixon, president and CEO of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership, on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Aaron. How are you guys? Well, we're doing very well. Mm-hmm. Excited about uh, a lot of things happening in Shreveport, and this sounds like a. Some more good economic news for our area. Tell us what's happening with the GM plant. Absolutely, absolutely. So you saw the announcement yesterday. Uh, Disney Krupp is is joining our ecosystem, uh, and they're going to be taking up 600,000 square feet out there doing supply chain logistics uh, operations. And we're excited. It, It adds to... The steel industry that we have that is continuing to grow in the Shreveport, Bossier, North Louisiana area, uh, with companies like Bentler Steel, uh, like Turnium, like McElroy Metals, uh, we're building that cluster that says, "Hey, we're a we're a metals fabrication type town," and, and hopefully this will just continue to give us opportunities to grow. What does this and Crop do? Uh, they do a lot. Uh, uh, across all spectrums of metal, metal production, and in this case, metal supply chain. So uh, they will be uh, they'll be storing, warehousing, distributing uh, heavy heavy metals. Now we know the uh, GM plant has about three and a half million square feet of uh, space available. Or is is it's Thyssen? Is that how you pronounce that? Cor- correct. Thyssen Krupp. Are are they going to take over the entire facility? No. So this is what we're really excited about. You know, everybody has, thinks they has an idea of what's going on at GM, but, but maybe we'd all don't. There, there's three different buildings. You have A, mm-hmm. B, and C. A, B, and C are in really good shape. That's the ones that houses the U.S. Postal Service and Globus and a few others. Uh, and this is building C. This was the old paint shop. If you drive out there, this is the less attractive building. And uh, what IRG is going to be doing, and by the way, they've been a good partner on this, uh, they're going to be rehabbing that facility. They've committed to to sprucing it up, putting a new roof on it, putting paint on it. And uh, it's a little over a million square feet, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about that. And this and Crump will be taking about 600000 So in essence, we will we will get a new partner out there, but we'll also be creating some better product out there. That's what I'm all about. How so many, go how, over how many jobs, Justin? 
that has not been solidified yet. It is not a huge job creator, uh, but that has not been solidified yet. So we'll have to wait and let them come up with that when it's finished. How much are they planning to invest locally, this and crop? We don't know. So in the facility, uh, probably five to ten million, but that's that's just a guess because they're still doing some engineering in there on what needs to be done to uh, upgrade that facility. Uh, but something in that range. The, the news release, I'm sorry, they says that they are on the cutting edge of renewable energy. That sounds a lot different from what you describe them doing. Um, <laughs> is it? Is it? Um, we don't know, really. I mean, really, the answer. Well, we we don't know at this point who their customer is going to be. Uh, we, we haven't been given that information, and that will come out in time. But uh, in the metal spectrum, they have all kinds of clients and. Uh, it, it just about, it's kind of like everybody's in technology now. Everybody's in that spectrum. Um, they have clients that are, they're producing different materials, uh, in that sector. And, and I'm sure we'll roll that out in time. Now we know, we don't know the number of jobs. Do you know what type of jobs that are going to be available out there? So this is, this is materials handling. This is, this is a distribution supply chain type operation so, so it's it not manufacturing be, it's going to be distribution correct okay correct when when will they be up and fully operational what's the hope well yeah, as soon as possible is always the hope right yeah but, uh you they're going to have to rehab that facility but i i can tell you they're itching to get in there uh, i would imagine there will be there'll be some movement in there before the building is complete uh but definitely by the end of the year we're talking with Justin Dixon, president and CEO of NLEP. Let me ask you a question that everybody's going to say. <laughs> I mean, we all had high hopes, too, when we heard the, the E word. And um, you you know that. I mean, you weren't here at the time, but, you know, Elio Motors was promising us the moon. And we got, we didn't even get any moon dust. <laughs> you um, got mooned. How, yeah, we got. Thank you, Justin. Very good. Wow, wow he's got jokes. Right there. Um, we did. How could could this turn into an Elio Motors? No, look, look up this and crop. Uh, they're a massive company. They, they would not have put out a press release if they were doing anything or agreed to it. Uh, so this is nothing of the sort like that. Well, I looked on their website on jobs, and there's nothing for Shreveport yet. So that's a little early I then, I guess. Correct. And what we'll do is, uh, as that information, you know, starts to roll out, we'll be more than happy to come and sit down with you and, and share with you a little more and, and share with you some other things that we have going on in North Louisiana. I, I know Aaron asked you about a time frame. Any idea uh, of, of what they have planned on, on coming in? I know there still needs no. to be rehab on the building, but have they got plans yet? Right. So they're in the process of working that through with IRG and IRG's uh, team. Uh, it's just going to take a while. If you saw that building uh, from the inside, you'd realize it's, it has some rehabbing, some work to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they'll they'll jump on that immediately. They're already working on that with the IRG's design team and, and engineering team and construction team. Uh, and I would imagine you'll start seeing stuff move out there pretty quickly. Okay. Do you have you, – you have a lot of lures in the water. Do you have any fi- other fish nibbling that you can give us hints about? 
we're always fishing we're always getting nibbles you know how that is there it's a cloak and dagger type type business and unfortunately it just it needs to be um because these projects not over till they're over um you know we we had one this year that we were the consultant's recommendation to the company we were the in-house consultant's recommendation to the company in the end uh it just didn't work out so mm-hmm. you have to keep fighting or keep fishing until it's not just in the boat all the way to the bank and in the kitchen i know i know you oh in the frying pan yeah i know you yeah. um i know you follow these things closely what i'm going to ask you one good question and one bad one to follow it up what is the best thing we have going for us and what is our biggest hurdle so the best thing that we have is we have the infrastructure in place you know we have the two interstates we have the waterway which we're two and a half hours from dallas which is a lot of people so if you want to make something this is where you want to make it you want to take it over there so we're in a great spot uh we have the training facility our our training and workforce training system here is second to none uh but um so your your second question was you know what our biggest challenge is i guess uh mm-hmm. It's getting people to know where we are. Uh, I've said it from the get-go. You know, a lot of people think when they hear Louisiana, regardless of where you are, they hear New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so we're out there every day changing minds and changing ideas about where North Louisiana is. Uh, and we're having success, and I expect us to have continued success. You, you bring up a great point, Justin, about uh, people don't realize uh, the potential that Shreveport has. Uh, could the uh, current administration do things better? Can you guys do things better? What can we, you know, what can be done to help sell Shreveport? Yeah, I, you know, the answer to that is we can all do better every day. And that's what my, my, both myself and my team, we wake up every morning trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the administration, I, you know, the governor's been supportive of us. When we've had projects, uh, he's been supportive. Uh, LED's been supportive. The port's been supportive. Um, BRF, you know, we're working together. I think the main thing we've got to do, and if you ever hear any of those entities talk, we're, we have to continue to work together. And I don't feel like maybe we've done that in the, in the best way in the past. Uh, we are doing that now, uh, at a very high level. You know, I speak to John George and Eric England on a weekly basis. Um, I speak with Rocky on a weekly basis. Uh, we're all working together because that's what it's going to take to pull us where we want to go. Justin Dixon, North Louisiana Economic Partnership. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, guys. Hey, you can call after seven anytime. <laughs> she looked hey, at me. Thanks, Aaron, hey, thanks, you, almost, you almost got a call about 6.15 yeah. this morning. And you, I said, no, 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 not, not yet. <laughs> You still would have been after Thomas Presley and Larry Bagley. <laughs> so, yeah, just get in line. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you a bunch, Justin. You bet. Thank you, sir. One on F10. <laughs> oh my gosh. One on one seven. S10. Well, we were talking about the the GM plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
That's funny. Oh my gosh, that's really weird. That's pretty good. I got I got neurons firing all yeah. over the place and, and shorting out. Apparently, and I, and I smell them over here. Yeah. Wow. Um, we, no, we were talking about the GM plant, Micah McCarty, and uh, along with Ruben. And they manufactured, they started with the uh, the Chevy S10. Mm-hmm. If you remember the Chevy S10. You back bet. In the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they transitioned to the Hummer H3T. I think that was the smaller version of the Hummer. And right. you said you had a Gator? Is that? I, I had the I had the ninety three S Gator that was manufactured here. That was my first truck. Very my it was the ninety three S Gator. You got mm-hmm. a new truck? What was it new? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. This was in two thousand four. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it still wasn't that old. No. My truck that I drive is 11 years old. Yeah, I love right. mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, and l- let me tell you, as 16-year-old me tried oh, to tear yeah. that truck up, <laughs> and it wouldn't do it. It really? was the toughest vehicle I've uh, ever owned, period. Well, I'm, I hate I got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Want it back. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a 67 Cougar. Ooh. That I regret ever letting go. Oh boy, sixty four Thunderbird. Oh yeah. Now I only we only owned that. My ex husband and I only owned that for about six or eight months. We turned it and flipped it. We didn't do much. I say we. I didn't do diddly. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. You like were I out changed. there with a spray with a spray machine taking pictures. Yeah, yeah. I think he changed the starter and we made a bunch of money on it. But yeah, that was a beautiful car. Beautiful car. Oh. Well, then, of course, the plant uh, closed in 2012, and thousands of jobs were lost mm-hmm. in this area. And, yeah. and I'm, I, I would I would venture to say still haven't recovered from that loss. Right, right. Um, between Bell South and the uh, or AT and T, and then the General Motors plant closing, that dealt a pretty heavy blow. Uh, a lot of excitement with the Elio Motors. <laughs> Okay, we laugh now. Yeah. But there was excitement generated because Mm -hmm. another auto manufacturing was going to go into the auto manufacturing plant. It made sense. Right, exactly. And... and, uh it, it was exciting news at the time. People people reserved cars, put down their hundred bucks, including our mayor, Cedric Glover, at the time. That's right. He's going to buy an Elio. And poof. I don't think they got their money back. Text me, Mr. Glover, if you got your money back. I'm curious. Yeah. I don't think you did. Uh, I don't know how many people... Well, Elio's still out there saying he's going to do this. Yeah, but he's going to. It's going to be electric now. This was a gas-powered three-wheeled car, and you know he's going to move forward still, but it'd be electric. But he still needs funding. He need. He doesn't have the money to do it, and so that's a big problem. Right. So, well, this is uh, Thiessen Krupp. We talked with Justin Dixon uh, from NLEP, and I'm still not clear on exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, I, you know, I, before I would fold, roll this out, I would know jobs. I would know, you know, time frame. I would know, you know, how much they're investing. We don't know any of that. So um, I'm going to do a little more butt sniffing and see what we got. Com- Did I just say that on the radio? I'm sorry. I'm going to do a little more sniffing and see what else I can sniff out. All I can say is we were talking about dogs earlier this morning. <laughs> Maybe other than that, I can't defend that. I well, don't you know. renamed the you <laughs> renamed the station the S10. Thanks for listening to S10. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 
Well, could we uh, eventually just stay with uh, Daylight Saving Time? We'll talk about that next hour, 1017 FM. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Rep. Uh, Thomas Presley joining us. Thomas, good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be with you. You've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, have heard uh, the the uh, announcement about Thyssen Krupp uh, coming to Shreveport, uh, taking over part of the uh, GM plant location. Uh, we we spoke with uh, Justin Dixon earlier this morning to get kind of a bead on what ThyssenKrupp does. Basically, I, I think their distribution. What makes Shreveport such a great location for a distribution facility like ThyssenKrupp? You know, Shreveport is perfectly positioned for this type of distribution facility and, and others, hopefully. Um, you know, we've got a, a navigable river. We've got two interstates that are right here. We've got uh, a fifth of the U.S. population within 500 miles of Shreveport, um, a, a, a great port, critical rail lines, including uh, a UP yard and the largest KCS yard in the United States, right here in Shreveport. And those are things that, that distribution companies are looking for. I think we are perfectly positioned to, to continue to, to go out and find uh, even more companies that are willing to, to move their supply chain management uh, opportunities right here to northwest Louisiana. Um, and I'm excited that the, the former GM facility is going to have almost 20% of its uh, space taken by TK. Are you a little concerned that we don't know a lot about it yet, that we don't know the amount of jobs, we don't know the time frame, we don't know their investment? I mean, those are some red flags for me. Are they for you too? You know, those are always things that the, the details matter for sure. Um, you know, but I'm excited that there's a multi-year lease. I'm excited that we're going to have um, one of the largest supply chain, uh, chain service companies in the in the world right here located in, in northwest Louisiana. Those, those are uh, really important things and, and great positives for us. One thing that has held us back a little bit, you know, folks will say, is uh, our own attitude, our own uh, um negativity in our community mm-hmm. are you seeing that getting better I, I i've been preaching that for for quite a while i think that that the the um the hope has to be here for louisiana and and for northwest louisiana in particular and we've got some great things going on when you look at um the the norton art gallery uh we've got world-class art we've got uh the the home of country music with um with the municipal auditorium We've got incredible things to be proud of, and, and we need to, to share that message with, with our friends. We've got wonderful local restaurants, um, but we need people to come come visit us. Spend a weekend in Shreveport and, and, and see what's going on and what, uh, what, what our community really is like. Uh, we, we often seem to be uh, focused on the bad, and we need to do that. We need to make sure that we are uh, addressing the negatives that are facing our community, but we also have to praise the, the positives. Every community has some negatives, and uh, but we we've got some real positives right here in Shreveport, and I'm very excited about um, the the future and and the future opportunities for growth. When you look at the strengths of this community, the having a uh, a medical school, having a five four star command and air force base, 
um, having a, a history that's rich in oil and gas and jobs that are related to the energy sector, as, as we look at the, the future of energy, um, Shreveport's perfectly primed for that, along with the distribution centers. We, we are perfectly primed to take off over the next 10 years, and I, I think we're going to do that. You know, you mentioned some of the things like the port, uh, the KCS Railway Yard. I didn't realize that was the largest yard in the country. That's right here in the Shreveport. The largest KCS yard in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are, I mean, those are exciting opportunities. Uh, and there are things that are happening in addition to this, this and Krupp announcement. Um, you know, with the development of the Diamond Jacks location, the new development down on the riverfront in Bossier City. Amazon. Amazon plant yeah. coming mm-hmm. on board. They, they've, uh, they've done an announcement in, in media tours. I don't think they'd do that if they were planning on pulling out. So there's a lot of exciting news that's happening in our area. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you couple that with the investments that the state's putting in up here, um, a new Jimmy Davis bridge, um, you know, more more money for our roads and infrastructure, more hopefully more research from our medical centers. Um, those are all real positives. And I am very confident that, that the future of Shreveport is even brighter than, than today. One more thing that, you know, I, I see as a, a, a big hub in this is that I-49 inner city connector. Will there be some progress during this legislative session to make sure that that goes forward? Or is that kind of out of your hands now, the legislature, and is in the hands of the folks who are studying the routes? I can tell you that, that our delegation is, is continuing to advocate for the inner city connector. We believe that this is a, a very important um, aspect of, um, of the future of our community. Um, and we're continuing to advocate for that. But I will tell you that it is currently in the hands of uh, bureaucrats to, to do their job and, and make sure that uh, the routes fit the qualifications set up by the federal government as well as the state. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're continuing to advocate. We're continuing to ensure that, that we've got some funding put aside for, for that project and, and certainly will continue to um so to ensure that the rest of our state realizes that's an important objective for, for our delegation. Thomas Presley, state representative. Tell the governor I said hi if you don't mind. Absolutely. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Thomas. Mike and McCarty, Bye-bye. 101.7. seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And uh, exciting news about the GM plant. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking up, <laughs> Elio Motors still has a website. Of course they do. Yeah. Uh, they're still, I mean, I, I guess he's still out there going to try mm-hmm. and try to do it. I don't mm-hmm. know. It, does, it doesn't say anything about Shreveport. I think the Elio website is, uh, is it robmeblind.com? <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> just curious. It's, no, no. Oh, that's not it? Okay. But sorry. they're saying now, now he, it's touting an all-electric vehicle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 14,900 targeted MSRP. Mm. 110 mile per hour top speed. Okay. So that means the batteries would last about four minutes if you hit 110 miles an hour. <laughs> yes. Uh, but they do say three plus days of commuting per charge. Three days. Okay. That's not bad. Three year, 36,000 mile warranty. Mm-hmm. Warranty. They're warranty. Yeah. 
warranty yeah. a car that doesn't exist. <sighs> they look, have prototypes. Look, more power to him. Could do it, you know. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Mm. I, I just had to. Didn't even buy me dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't even buy me dinner. I'm sorry. Oh, it that was just such a boondoggle for our area with high hopes it was exciting they brought a car to town i mean people made reservations to buy the car and so where are they looking to manufacture it now Shreveport, of course they're still it's still it doesn't say anything about Shreveport mm. on the on that i can see yeah maybe somebody can yeah. dig a little deeper contact us. I, I don't understand that I, and what what i just just hate about this is that when gm closed we had and 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 mr glover our former mayor will be the first to tell you we had the only empty but fully tooled that had been revamped in recent years right because the automobile plant they changed from the s10 Mm -hmm. and and began manufacturing the hummer h3t and it was all set to bring in another auto manufacturer. And there were auto companies looking for plants in the U.S. And we somehow made a deal that just wasn't beneficial to our region. And, and, and it's been a, it's seriously, it's been a boondoggle. And, and that's why when, when you hear, um, Justin Dixon talk about the part of the plant that uh, this new company, Thyssenkrupp, is going to use, um, they're having to refurb that because it's just gone down, 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 down. Well, it's, it's Nobody's out there maintaining it. Right. And so they're having to come in and spend, you know, it's going to ultimately be millions probably to get it up and going. And then we don't, but, but here's the thing, this, this and crop deal, we don't know how many jobs. We don't know the investment amount. We don't know when the timetable for it. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. And, and, and for me, I gotta have some answers before I, you know, I, I lay out the red carpet for these folks. I know it's a big company. I get that. But, you know, we all had high hopes that Elio was a big company and was gonna be one of those new startups that was gonna change the world. Ugh. Didn't happen. I don't, I, I'm not going to let Elio dampen my enthusiasm for new development. I, I, yes, I know. That's good. I uh, that's know, good. But, you you know you you've got to you've got to look forward you got to move on but you also have to learn from the past sure you also have to learn the mistakes we made before are we being sure to cross the t's and dot the i's and look deeper and make sure well, that we're not getting are. scammed i think yeah. i mean you you got you, justin dixon i mean he's the man's not an idiot absolutely he's brilliant yes mm-hmm. and and he's excited about this you and, bet i think somebody in his position wouldn't be uh promoting this mm-hmm. as enthusiastically as he is if if he you know if he doesn't know more than he's than he said that could be it that could be it too and i'm real hopeful i'm very optimistic to bring more jobs to town is a good thing but let's tell us well, how many. Let's yeah. give us an idea. And, and maybe Is it two just, more jobs? <laughs> okay. Well, you know they're going to have to have drivers. They're going to have to have material handlers. Mm-hmm, I know. If it's a I distribution know. center. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hopefully optimistic, but I'm cautious. I, I want to see some more deets. 
Is that what the kids say? The deets? kids. The kids. The kids. <laughs> I need to see some old deets. Hit me up with the deets. I need some deets. <laughs> Up in my well, DMs. We'll, we'll, we'll stay on top of it and find <laughs> out. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 7. One seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. If I, I wish, were, if I were to ask uh, you, who are the highest paid Louisiana athletes for NIL deals? See, this is a this. I wish this would have been around when my daughter was swimming. Oh, yeah. You've seen my daughter, mm-hmm. almost six feet tall, yeah. blonde. Of course, she's swam since she was like mm-hmm. eight years old. There's not many swimmers getting money though. But they get well, some. They get like law, law, law firms in their hometowns. Do, it. but in terms of getting a big bucks, well. big money is going to. I'm kind of surprised. I thought this would be a lot of football players. I'm looking at the list of the top four athletes in Louisiana for NIL deals, and in in fourth place is Flage Johnson from the LSU women's basketball team. Okay, about eight hundred thousand dollars. Number three is Angel Reese. You know, Bayou Barbie. Right. $1.3 million. You've done a lot of work on the second place ladies gymnast from LSU. Oh, careful when you say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you, you did some, you did a post did about, a story her. about yeah. her. Yeah, because she was causing some ruckus mm-hmm. at the gymnastic events. They were having to hire extra security because of all the teenage boys that were mm-hmm. showing up. And we're referring to, if you haven't heard her, her name is Olivia Dunn. Very beautiful young lady, and she's raking in three and a half million dollars. Unbelievable! But at the through top, Instagram posts, oh and yeah, bikini shots. At the top of the list, at three point eight million. Any idea? I just told you only because I? you told me, but I would not have. I would not have guessed that. One. I would not have guessed it either. It's Arch Manning. Yeah, the grandson. Of, grandson. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's exciting. You know, they're they're the and is top he Cooper's son. Is that I, Cooper's son? I think he might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. They have so many of them. I mean, they have a. I can't imagine their Christmas in PJ's pictures because they'd like be the a booties. They just they, they keep they coming. Keep coming. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of Louisiana athletes getting some money, but to see three women on the list in the top is pretty cool. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, I got a question. We mm-hmm. need we need to talk to an agent. You and I need to get in on this nil money. We need to play a sport first, Mike. It doesn't, well, does it have to be sports? <laughs> Just name, image, likeness. <laughs> we need to jump on this on this gravy I train. I wonder if pickleball players could get some cash. <laughs> I'm not I bad. Can't even claim pickleball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, Mike and McCarty, stay with us. One one. can't not sing along. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Now, I did see in the news, in the news, uh, Texas has started the first step 
of uh, eliminating changing the clocks twice okay. a year. All right. Uh, there are no more uh, the no more springing forward and falling back. They would leave it on daylight saving time. Leave it on daylight saving time. Okay. Um, and uh, what they did is they voted on Wednesday to approve House Bill fourteen twenty two from Representative William Metcalf out of Conroe. And he says the antiquated practice of springing forward and falling back, changing our clocks twice a year, is frustrating to many Texans and Louisianians. Mm-hmm. And they're not waiting on the feds to do it. They're going to well, do it on their own. They're, they're, yes, they're going to do it on their own. Uh, it, it still has to clear the Senate. And then it has to be signed by the governor, who said he would strongly support this. Okay. Uh, but federal law does allow states to exempt themselves from observing daylight saving time, but they have to remain on standard time year-round. Oh. See, the feds will allow you to remain on standard time if they pass laws to do so. So, state this, you know, Texas wants to stay on daylight saving time. Oh. So that's that's there's therein lies the rub. But the state can make the decision to do that, can't they? Well, uh, well, that's what they're having to get approved. Okay. If the governor approves it, then it has to go to Congress. Does it really? Yeah. And then it's got to be approved. Holy cow! Through Congress. So yeah, it's 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 far from happening. Mm. Um, that's disappointing. You think the states could make their decisions about what they want? But that would be weird, though, because we could drive 10, 12 miles down the road, and it's a different time. Right. It's an hour later or earlier or whatever. So we almost, I hate to say this, we almost have to do what Texas does. Now, now Marco Rubio has introduced a federal bill just last month that seeks to eliminate, you know, the, the clock changing and observe daylight saving time all the time. Oh, boy. Not yeah. go to standard time, but mm-hmm. let's stay where we are right now. Let's Stop changing the clock, but let's stay on where the day stays later or, or lighter later. I like that idea. I'm just saying, and I, you know, I'm not a child hater. People will say, oh, kids are going to get hurt going it's, out to those you, buses in the dark. Uh, you know, that's a good argument. I understand that, but I just. Well, is it, it's not a good argument. It's an argument. It's it's an argument. <laughs> You're right. I mean, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, People, kids are already standing out in the in, in the dark, you know. I, sometimes, yeah, you're sometimes right. Sometimes, for a, a portion, it's not. And the farmers are going to hate on us, too, though, because they'll say that having that hot, hot sun in late afternoon hours and in the evening, into the evening. Burns their tomatoes. Burns their tomatoes up, and I, I understand that, too. They don't want their tomatoes yeah. burned up. Yeah. Um, it, it, those it are the two, two biggies, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I just am a little bit, uh, I just want it to stay the same. I don't want to keep turning it back and forth. And I like the the more daylight in the evening more than I like the other, the standard time. I like daylight saving time more than I like it the other way. Right. So I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. I like, I like where we are now. Right. Let's and just I, stop it. I bet it if alone. you ask most Americans, they would say that too. They would say, I like more daylight in the evening hours. So if we stay, if we had to pick one to stay at and we had to put that on the ballot, which one would you prefer to stay at all the time? Daylight saving time would win. Right. But, you know, honestly, if they said we would stop changing the clocks, I don't care which one. 
if if it were the other one, I'd go, okay, fine, let's just stop. Now I would yeah. prefer this mm-hmm. one, but but if 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 they said we're gonna we're gonna adhere to standard time mm-hmm. and and then we're not going to change anymore, I go, yeah. okay, fine, right? I, I'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. Just stop changing the damn clocks. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Leave them alone. <laughs> And let's How arrogant is that of us as humans? <laughs> I know, I know. And our Louisiana's legislation says that ours kicks in if the feds pass a bill. Right. And what is that called? The Sunshine Protection Act or whatever it's called? That hasn't passed yet. They've tried, but it hasn't passed yet. So as soon right. as the feds pass it, then ours She'll kicks love in. That. Sunshine Protection Act. We have to be so politically correct. We're going to protect the sunshine. Oh, we protect the sun. Aren't we good people? Oh. Well, uh, we'll find out more. Uh, let's see. When does that go to it? When does know. that move to their house? Yeah, they. Hopefully, it'll get there this year. We hope. Yeah. Like the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, okay. Infla- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was I was about to say the, mm. exactly. Sunshine Protection Act is about as much fun. It much <laughs> has to do with protecting the sunshine. Yeah. The, the Inflation Reduction Act has to do with reducing inflation. Mm-hmm. It's helping a lot, isn't it? <laughs> you feeling it? Gas prices down. One hundred and seven FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel and a free download courtesy of Office Furniture Source. It's the free Keel app. How you connect with us on the message board. Um I was kind of surprised when I heard the announcement that the decision to appoint Tom Dark as our CAO permanently has been delayed. Mm-hmm. Explain what happened and why. Uh, well, we asked Councilman Alan Jackson that yesterday because it appeared that the council was delaying it. And so I asked him yesterday in a text message, why was the Tom Dark appointment delayed? And he told me it was delayed at the request of the administration. Um, and let me make sure I'm having that. I have that completely correct because I don't want to screw that up because I asked about that. He said the administration requested it to be postponed. Council did not. So I reached out to the mayor and asked, you know, did you ask that this be postponed and can you explain why? And Mayor Arsenault sent me this response back and I'm quoting now a change in his compensation system resulted in an amendment to the appointment letter. The best course of action was to delay to avoid a possible council rules conflict. Because I think they were making an amendment to the to his job, and maybe that had to lay over for two weeks. Okay. It's kind of okay. a, you know. Well, that's nice. Um, and, and they were increasing his pay from um, 160-ish, I may be wrong, somebody text me if I'm wrong, to 225000 so, Mr. Dark, I'd come will out of retirement for two hundred twenty-five. Two twenty-five, yeah, I'd come out of retirement for that as well, and that's a pretty hefty salary. And I mean, you know, you have to consider um, what other CAOs in other cities the size make, and that's about you know pretty comparable. Um, and Mr. Dark's probably a very good negotiator, and said, "Here's what's going to take. If you can make it happen, I'll do it." And um, Mayor Arsenault said, "I think you're the guy, and I I think we'll try to do that." Um, you have a police chief who makes one ninety. Your CAO should probably make more than your police chief, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things. So 
they're trying to make it happen. I anticipate it'll be approved. Tom, I mean, whether you, you know, you think that they've done a, a full nationwide search or whatever, Tom's highly qualified. I, don't, I, I can't imagine them getting somebody more qualified Never. than the man who's done the job. Never. And, and knows more about Shreveport and mm-hmm. how things work here. Yes. I, I just, yeah. And, and, and you know what? And I'm, people aren't, aren't going to like me saying this. I've known Tom since he was, you know, a, a deputy, deputy director of something, you know, a long, long time. Um, and Tom is the kind of guy that if he decides he does not want to do this, you know, if he goes two years in and he goes, this is too much. I'm, you know, I'm, I want to go back to retirement. Tom will make sure whoever's coming up behind him knows what he knows and will train. He's not the kind that's going to hold all his knowledge in and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do it all myself. No, he's not. He's going to share it with the people that are under him to make sure they can do what he's doing. And that is, in my view, one of the best qualities yeah. of a good employee. You know, you're not afraid of somebody else being able to do what you do. You, they can all do what you do, and you train them and teach them how to do it the best they can. I mean, I think that's a, a huge quality and, and one of Tom's best qualities. Oh, I'm sorry. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Squirrel? No, we just got messages on the message board about the uh, time change. We talked about oh, Texas God. enacting yeah. legislation to stay on daylight saving time. You want to hear some of these I'm mm-hmm. kind of coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, coming up just after uh, the 8 o'clock news, Justin Dixon, for president and CEO of NLEP, talked to us about the new tenant coming into the General Motors plant location. Hear that conversation next with Mike and McCarty. One-on-one. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty with uh, some exciting news, especially West Shreveport. Um, Justin Dixon, president and CEO of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership, on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Aaron. How are you guys? Well, we're doing very well. Mm-hmm. Excited about uh, a lot of things happening in Shreveport, and this sounds like a. Some more good economic news for our area. Tell us what's happening with the GM plant. Absolutely, absolutely. So you saw the announcement yesterday. Uh, Denson Krupp is is joining our ecosystem, uh, and they are going to be taking up 600,000 square feet out there doing supply chain logistics uh, operations, and we're excited. It, it adds to... The steel industry that we have that is continuing to grow in the Shreveport, Bossier, North Louisiana area uh, with companies like Bentler Steel, uh, like Turnium, like McElroy Metals, uh, we're building that cluster that says, hey, we're a, we're a metals fabrication type town, and, and hopefully this will just continue to give us opportunities to grow. What does this and Krupp do? Uh, they do a lot. Uh uh, across all spectrums of metal, metal production, and in this case, metal supply chain. So, uh, they will be, uh, they'll be storing, warehousing, distributing, uh, heavy, heavy metals. Now, we know the, uh, GM plant has about three and a half million square feet of, uh, space available. Or is, is it's Thyssen? Is that how you pronounce that? Cor- correct. Thyssen Krupp. Are, are they going to take over the entire facility? No. So this is what we're really excited about. You know, 
everybody has thinks they has an idea of what's going on at GM, but but maybe we all don't. There, there's three different buildings. You have A, mm-hmm. B, and C. A, B, and C are in really good shape. That's the ones that ha- houses the U.S. Postal Service and Globus and a few others. Uh, and this is Building C. This was the old paint shop. If you drive out there, this is the less attractive building. And uh, what IRG is going to be doing, and by the way, they've been a good partner on this, uh, they're going to be rehabbing that facility. They're committed to to sprucing it up, putting a new roof on it, putting paint on it. And uh, it's a little over a million square feet. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's for about that. And this and Crump will be taking about 600000 So, in essence, we will we will get a new partner out there, but we'll also be creating some better product out there. That's what I'm all about. How so many, we can go how, over how how many jobs, Justin? That has not been solidified yet it is not a huge job creator uh but that has not been solidified yet so we'll have to wait and let them come up with that when it's finished how much are they planning to invest locally this and crop we don't know so in the facility uh probably five to ten million but that's that's just a guess because they're still doing some engineering in there on what needs to be done to uh upgrade that facility uh, but something in that range. The, the news release, I'm sorry, they says that they are on the cutting edge of renewable energy. That sounds a lot different from what you describe them doing. Um, <laughs> is it? Is it? Um, we don't know, really? I mean, really the answer? Well, we, we don't know at this point who their customer is going to be. Uh, we, we haven't been given that information, and that will come out in time. But uh, in the metal spectrum, they have all kinds of clients and uh, it, it just about it's kind of like everybody's in technology now. Everybody's in that spectrum. Um, they have clients that are they're producing different materials uh, in that sector, and, and I'm sure we'll roll that out in time. Now we know we don't know the number of jobs. Do you know what type of jobs that are going to be available out there? So this is this is materials handling. This is this is a distribution supply chain type operation so, so it's it not manufacturing be, it's going to be distribution correct okay correct when when will they be up and fully operational what's the hope well yeah, as soon as possible is always the hope right yeah but, uh you they're going to have to rehab that facility but i i can tell you they're itching to get in there uh, i would imagine there will be there'll be some movement in there before the building is complete uh but definitely by the end of the year we're talking with Justin Dixon, president and CEO of NLEP. Let me ask you a question that everybody's going to say. <laughs> I mean, we all had high hopes, too, when we heard the, the E word. And um, you you know that. I mean, you weren't here at the time, but, you know, Elio Motors was promising us the moon. And we got, we didn't even get any moon dust. <laughs> got um, mooned. How, yeah, we got. Thank you, Justin. Very good. Wow, wow gold he's got stars jokes. Right there. Um, we did. How could could this turn into an Elio Motors? No, look, look up Fitz and Crop. Uh, they're a massive company. They, they would not have put out a press release if they were doing anything or agreed to it. Uh, so this is nothing of the sort like that. Well, I looked on their website on jobs, and there's nothing for Shreveport yet. So that's a little early I then, I guess. Correct. And what we'll do is, uh, as that information, you know, starts to roll out, we'll be more than happy to come and sit down with you and, 
and share with you a little more and, and share with you some other things that we have going on in North Louisiana. I know Aaron asked you about a time frame. Any idea uh, of what they have planned on, on coming in? I know there still needs no. to be rehab on the building, but have they got plans yet? Right. So they're in the process of working that through with IRG and IRG's uh, team. Uh, it's just going to take a while. If you saw that building uh, from the inside, you'd realize it it has some rehabbing, some work to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they'll they'll jump on that immediately. They're already working on that with IRG's design team and, and engineering team and construction team. Uh, and I would imagine you'll start seeing stuff move out there pretty quickly. Okay. Do you have you you have a lot of lures in the water? Do you have any fish, other fish nibbling that you can give us hints about? We're always fishing. We're always getting nibbles. You know how that is there. Yeah. It's the cloak and dagger type type business, and unfortunately, it just it needs to be um, because these projects are not over till they're over. Um, you know, we we had one this year that we were the consultant's recommendation to the company. We were the in-house consultant's recommendation to the company. In the end, uh, it just didn't work out. So mm-hmm. you have to keep fighting or keep fishing until it's not just in the boat all the way to the bank and in the kitchen. I know. I know you. Oh, in the frying pan. Yeah, I know you. Um, I know you follow these things closely. What I'm going to ask you one good question and one bad one to follow it up. What is the best thing we have going for us, and what is our biggest hurdle? So the best thing that we have is we have the infrastructure in place. You know, we have the two interstates. We have the waterway. We're two and a half hours from Dallas, which is a lot of people. So if you want to make something, this is where you want to make it. You want to take it over there. So we're in a great spot. Uh, We have the training facility. Our our training and workforce training system here is second to none. Uh, But um, so your, your second question was, you know, what our biggest challenge is. I guess, uh, mm-hmm. is getting people to know where we are. Uh, I've said it from the get go. You know, a lot of people think when they hear Louisiana, regardless of where you are, they hear New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And so we're out there every day changing minds and changing ideas about where North Louisiana is. Uh, and we're having success and I expect us to have continued success. You, you bring up a great point, Justin, about, uh, people don't realize, uh, the potential that Shreveport has. Uh, could the uh, current administration do things better? Can you guys do things better? What can we, you know, what can be done to help sell Shreveport? Yeah, I, I, you know, the answer to that is we can all do better every day. And that's what my, my, both myself and my team, we wake up every morning trying to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the administration, I, you know, the governor's been supportive of us. When we've had projects, uh, he's been supportive. Uh, LED's been supportive. The port's been supportive. Uh, BRF, you know, we're working together. I think the main thing we've got to do, and if you ever hear any of those entities talk, we're, we have to continue to work together. And I don't feel like maybe we've done that in the, in the best way in the past. Uh, we are doing that now uh, at a very high level. You know, I speak to John George and Eric England on a weekly basis. Um, I speak with Rocky on a weekly basis. Uh, we're all working together because that's what it's going to take to pull us forward. By the way, Justin Dixon told us um, after we spoke with him that he's going to come back next month. 
Uh, he's president, CEO of NLEP, and uh, update us on this project as well as other projects that they've got in the works uh, developing around the Shreveport Bossier area. Mm-hmm. So, exciting news. I'm looking forward to this. I hope it is good news. There's a lot of unanswered questions. And, you know, I've talked to a couple of lawmakers this morning. Yeah, it is early. And, and you don't know. But typically you don't release anything like this unless you know how many jobs, what's your timetable, what's your investment going to be. So it's a little early to have it all out there. But you know what? It's good news. They're starting to work on that old facility, which Justin says w- will help them in recruiting other, you know, other folks to town. So I'm excited about that. And we're going to have him back in next week, n- next month, rather, in studio to go over everything else that's in the works, everything he can tell us, because there's some he can't. Okay. I know you've talked about this, the the big boom mm-hmm. that people heard yeah. So what if somebody missed it? It was Barksdale doing their explosive exercises um and it was you could hear it all through South Bossier, South Shreveport yesterday, even in DeSoto Parish, folks were feeling it. Um some folks even said their house shook. They could feel their house shaking during those explosions. Now Barksdale what time was, was it? Um, in the afternoon hours, I believe, I started seeing, I didn't feel it, and I'm darn close. And, and I was at Channel 3, which is not that far. Right. From uh, from Barksdale, you know, straight up the... Uh, I was at the Y, right there at Preston and Knight, yeah. for part of the, t- you were the afternoon. You even closer. Really close, right there, and didn't feel... Now, maybe I'm underwater the whole time. I'm not a fish, so, I, you know, I wasn't underwater the whole time. But I didn't, you know, I didn't feel it or hear it. Uh, people in the parking lot probably did. There were people over in the surrounding area, but it wasn't anything like an explosion that was harmful. It was Barksdale doing their exercises. So that's what you heard if you heard the booms. Don't freak out. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's the funny thing about social media. I know we got a wrap. It just lit up. Who heard the boom? What exploded? Was that a meteor? I mean, everybody with all these speculations, it was like, what was that? Was that an earthquake? I mean, just everything cra- crazy. Was the bomb go off at Barksdale? What happened? I mean, it went on and on well, when you opened I'm up. An idiot. Yeah, my mind doesn't go directly to something like that. That's what my most mind would do. go. We live next to an air force base. You know, are they? Yeah, they're doing something. They're doing I don't some know. drills. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm. Oh, it's crazy. It really is crazy. But it, it it was Barksdale. That's what it was. Nothing to worry about. State Rep. Thomas Presley talked with us about Louisiana economic development uh, going on here, and we'll uh, hear that conversation coming up at eight forty. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. You go to the pool every single day. Just about every day I'm every there. Every single yeah. day. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. What what color is your bathing suit? I have a couple of different ones. I have blue, black, uh, red. I have a couple of different colors. Did you realize that there's there's a color of a bathing suit that you probably shouldn't buy? I did not know that. I did not know that until today. I didn't even think about it until I saw it. It's kind of interesting to me. It really is. There's a story on keelnews.com. Um, there's a, a, a color bathing suit, especially for your children. Mm-hmm. Don't buy a blue bathing suit. And Why? 
because they're heavier and they pull the child down <laughs> to the no. Liar, liar. <laughs> Somebody's going to go, I heard that on the radio. Blue is yeah. heavier. No, because the color blends in with the water. Even oh. the water technically isn't blue. Okay. But it appears blue. Because of the paint on the football on the, pool. On the yeah. pool sides. And, and uh, hmm. it could be difficult if a child is under the water to see the child. They or blend with the water. Yeah. It b- kind of blends in with the water. Especially that light blue color bathing suit. I never thought of that. And I have a, I have a blue one that was really bright blue. And because I go all the time... It's now splotchy blue <laughs> because of the yeah. chlorine. And, uh, but yeah, I might not have be able to wear that so anymore. So don't buy your children a blue bathing suit. Huh. Who knew? Just, just an FYI. No clue. Yeah. Just an, it's just a helpful little hint from mm-hmm. your Uncle Mike this Thank morning. Thank you, Mike. Thomas Presley, state representative, talked with us earlier this morning about uh, some exciting economic development in our area. Hear that conversation right after the... One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Rep. Uh, Thomas Presley joining us. Thomas, good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be with you. You, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, have heard uh, the the uh, announcement about Thyssen Krupp uh, coming to Shreveport, uh, taking over part of the uh, GM plant location. Uh, we we spoke with uh, Justin Dixon earlier this morning to get kind of a bead on what Thyssen Krupp does. Uh, basically, I, I think their distribution. What makes Shreveport such a great location for a distribution facility like Thyssen Krupp? You know, Shreveport is perfectly positioned for this type of distribution facility and and others. Hopefully, um, you know, we've got a, a navigable river. We've got two interstates that are right here. We've got uh, a fifth of the U.S. population within 500 miles of Shreveport, um, a, a great port, critical rail lines, including uh, a UP yard and the largest KCS yard in the United States, right here in Shreveport. And those are things that the distribution companies are looking for. I think we are perfectly positioned to, to continue to, to go out and find uh, even more companies that are willing to, to move their supply chain management uh, opportunities right here to northwest Louisiana. Um, and I'm excited that the, the former GM facility is going to have almost 20% of its uh, space taken by TK. Are you a little concerned that we don't know a lot about it yet, that we don't know the amount of jobs, we don't know the time frame, we don't know their investment? I mean, those are some red flags for me. Are they for you too? You know, those are always things that the the details matter for sure. Um, You know, but I'm excited that there's a multi-year lease. I'm excited that we're going to have one of the largest supply chain chain service companies in the in the world right here, located in in northwest Louisiana. Those those are uh, really important things and and great positives for us. One thing that has held us back a little bit, you know, folks will say, is uh, our own attitude, our own. negativity in our community mm-hmm. are you seeing that getting better I, I i've been preaching that for for quite a while i think that that the the um the hope has to be here for louisiana and and for northwest louisiana in particular and we've got some great things going on when you look at um the the norton art gallery 
Uh, we've got world-class art. We've got uh, the, the home of country music with, um, with the Municipal Auditorium. We've got incredible things to be proud of, and, and we need to, to share that message with, with our friends. We've got wonderful local restaurants, um, but we need people to come, come visit us. Spend a weekend in Shreveport and, and, and see what's going on and what, uh, what, what our community really is like. Uh, we, we often seem to be uh, focused on the bad, and we need to do that. We need to make sure that we are uh, addressing the negatives that are facing our community. But we also have to praise the, the positives. Every community has some negatives. And, uh, but we, we've got some real positives right here in Shreveport, and I'm very excited about um, the, the future and, and the future opportunities for growth. When you look at the strengths of this community, the, having a, uh, a medical school, having a four-star command and air force base, um, having a, a history that's rich in oil and gas and jobs that are related to the energy sector as, as we look at the, the future of energy. Um, Shreveport's perfectly primed for that, along with the distribution centers. We, we are perfectly primed to take off over the next 10 years, and I, I think we're going to do that. You know, you mentioned some of the things like the port, uh, the KCS Railway Yard. I didn't realize that was the largest yard in the country. That's right here in the Shreveport. The largest yard in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are, I mean, those are exciting opportunities. Uh, and there are things that are happening in addition to this, this and Krupp announcement, um, you know, with the development of the Diamond Jacks location, the new development down on the riverfront in Bossier City. Amazon. Amazon plant yeah. coming mm-hmm. on board. They, they've, uh, they've done an announcement in, in media tours. I don't think they'd do that if they were planning on pulling out. So there's a lot of exciting news that's happening in our area. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And you couple that with the investments that the state's putting in up here, um, a new Jimmy Davis bridge, um, you know, more more money for our roads and infrastructure, more hopefully more research from our medical centers. Um, those are all real positives, and I am very confident that that the future of Shreveport is even brighter than than today. One more thing that you know I I see as a a, a big hub in this is that I forty nine inner city connector. Will there be some progress during this legislative session to make sure that that goes forward? Or is that kind of out of your hands now, the legislature, and is in the hands of the folks who are studying the routes? I can tell you that, that our delegation is, is continuing to advocate for the inner city connector. We believe that this is a, a very important um, aspect of, um, of the future of our community. Um, and we're continuing to advocate for that. But I will tell you that it is currently in the hands of uh, bureaucrats to, to do their job and, and make sure that uh, the routes fit the qualifications set up by the federal government as well as the state. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're continuing to advocate. We're continuing to ensure that, that we've got some funding put aside for, for that project and, and certainly will continue to um so to ensure that the rest of our state realizes that that's an important objective for, for our delegates. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Earlier this earlier this morning you told the story about your first dog. Mm-hmm. About uh you went to the Winn Dixie. I did. And this is several years ago mm-hmm. and you, you said there was a man outside the store with a box and said, Hey little girl, 
I have some puppies. Yes. <laughs> and I got a puppy from him. Boy, did I tick my mother off. She made us drive back up there to give the puppy back. That dude was gone. And that's one of those things that you, I mean, you. That was the best dog ever. Danger. Yeah. But, I mean, if a man said to a kid today, oh. hey, little girl, I have some puppies here. Mm, come see. Didn't Ted Bundy, didn't one of his ploys was he would put on a cast and say he oh. was looking for his dog. Can yes. you help me find my dog? Oh, absolutely. To the young girls. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh, obviously, the maternal instinct would kick in because here's an injured, you know, person wanting right. help. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, back then, it was, I didn't think anything of it. My mom didn't think anything of it. She right. was just well, mad sure. at the man for giving me a puppy. We didn't think that way back How'd you then? give my 10-year-old a puppy? <laughs> Take it back. But it, it, he was gone. And, and and when you and when you said that we were talking earlier, uh, what were we saying off mic? Something about I don't remember, but it reminded me of this. Mm-hmm. I think Ruben said something about Aaron was singing the song "Girl Thank Watcher," and I, I said that that wouldn't fly these days. Yeah, yeah the, remember that old "I'm a Girl uh, Watcher." Oh my God. You couldn't make that song today. <laughs> it's creepy. It is creepy. <laughs> Watching girls go by. Yeah, <laughs> my oh my. <laughs> That's very creepy the way you sing it, Ruben. <laughs> well, there was a line in a song that I've often pondered on that nobody else seems to, it, it doesn't seem to, anybody else seems to have caught it. Mm-hmm. And tell me if I'm wrong. Jailhouse Rock, one of Elvis Presley's biggest songs of all time. What's so bad about that? Number 47 said to number three. You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. Oh. Oh. Ruben got... There's no co-ed prisons. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're the cutest jail... Oh. Now that I think yeah, about it... Exactly. I think if you said you're the cutest jailbird I ever did see in jail today... Oh, well, man. If you said it in 1953 or yeah. 55 or whenever that was. You're going to the infirmary. <laughs> Things you don't say in prison. Yeah. <laughs> You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. We need to make up a list. Things never to say in prison. <laughs> That's up there. That's up there. Unless you wanted to make him your biatch. Snitch, yeah. Yeah. The nobody world ever, has nobody ever changed. seems to have caught that. No, they For have some not. Reason, that just struck me as like, wait a minute, wait, mm. something's not right here. But it's Elvis. <laughs> oh, Elvis can say what he wants. Yeah. The cutest jailbird I ever did see. Huh? Never thought about it. Exactly. Oh boy. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, and don't go to a grocery store and say, "Hey, little girl, you want to see these puppies?" <laughs> don't do that today, no. folks. Don't try no. it. It happened to me, but that was when I was ten. I've aged a little. Grayson Butcher is going to join us tomorrow morning at seven ten. Of course, candidate. He's a city councilman, but candidate for city marshal. Uh, coming up Friday. Make it a great Thursday. Mike and McCarty. What a